This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hi, mindful listeners. Thank you so much for spending part of your day. And I'm so excited to talk about this segment because I think it's truth. I think we're going to talk about the truth that your diet is making you fat. Oh my gosh. Yes, your diet is making you fat. Forget the fads and finally lose weight for good with 10 simple rules and with no BS. I have to say, I agree with my guest. We are addicted to fad diets and cleanses and programs that promise miracles and minutes. They're everywhere. They're everywhere around you. They're everywhere in, you know, on your keyboard and on your tablets. They're everywhere. But when diets have expiration dates, so do the results. After those popular 30 day diets end, people slide back into the same bad habits that led them to gain the weight in the first place. I've seen it over and over and over again in my practice with my friends, with my loved ones, and guess what? Yes, with myself. So nationally recognized nutrition expert Brooke Albert is going to join us. She's seen it happen all too often, and she finally did something about it by writing a wonderful book called Why Your Diet is Making You Fat. She is a nationally recognized nutrition expert and author. She has been on Dr. Oz and the Today Show and Access Hollywood and so much more. And guess what? She's here with us today. Brooke, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. This is a, a incredible and like I said, truth. We are we're slapping down the truth and mindful medicine today <laughs> on your diet is making you fat because I am not kidding you. I am um, 52 year old postmenopausal woman athlete myself because I understand that uh, you are also a triathlete and a, a lover of mud runs. Um, I was a CrossFit athlete and uh, you know sort of a Spartan racer myself. But um, you know through menopause and I had a illness a couple years ago. I have struggled with my weight and all of those things. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Uh, and I see it happening not only with myself in the past, but certainly in my practice, and obviously you too. I absolutely. I've been. Ha- I've had my private practice here in New York City for over twelve years, and it's always the people that are on you know some sort of diet that lasts seven days, eight days, twelve days, thirty days that really get hit the hardest with it. And that's why I dedicated my book, The Diet Detox, to yeah. anyone who's ever said the diet starts Monday. Because let's be honest, Mondays are really tough to begin with. So why are we ruining them by starting some crazy, strict, restrictive diet on a Monday that we know we're not even going to stick to? And then we ruin Sunday by it. So, you know, we're really tormenting ourselves and just making life that much harder for our weight, for our health, for the scale and, and more by going on these diets with expiration dates. Yeah. So your book, The Diet Detox, um, so easy to use. The guide lays out 10 simple rules. So let's talk about them. Absolutely. So my goal, it sort of became my manifesto of what I did in my private practice. And, you know, I've written other books before and I think they're great and I'm really proud of what I've written, but I wanted to see how can I do what I do one-on-one nutrition counseling in my practice? How can I make it available to the masses? And so I literally sat myself down and went over what I say in every session And it became, you know, this book was very cathartic to write because it organized my thoughts better than I ever had in my 12 years of practice of really creating this manifesto. And how do we need to eat and take care of ourselves every single day for the rest of our lives so that we never have to go back to another crazy diet? And I found it with these 10 steps. I, I, I love it. And I think this information is so amazing and people are going to just lap it up because I know that people get caught in this so much. And I've 
seen so many people uh, do everything that they can to lose weight. And the problem is that rebound weight that comes back after its end. So can you talk a little bit about your steps? Sure. So rule number one is very simple. It's how I want people to look at their plate. So it's amazing. I can counsel someone for an hour, but if I don't tell them what belongs on their plate and educate them on that, then they get to a restaurant and they get home and they're like, huh, what? (laughs) So rule number one is protein and fiber at every single meal. Protein, ideally from a good quality protein source, I would prefer it be organic, wild, free range, anything we can to, you know, really sort of support that industry in a positive way. And fiber coming from fruits or vegetables. So if you have a piece of chicken and you have some broccoli, you're good to go. You don't need to overthink it. It's simply food. And I'm trying to bring people back to that with rule number one of protein and fiber at every meal. Got it. I love it. And the protein is so important because it can slow absorption of, you know, refined carbohydrates or sugar into the bloodstream and kind of keep everything much more balanced. Exactly. You know, protein, fiber, and fat, those are the trifecta of how to balance your blood sugar levels. So, you know, if you have one or two out of those three in every meal, then the sugar you're consuming, whether it's natural or added, is just absorbed that much more slowly, which means that the sugar effects are going to be that less intense. Yay. I love number one. What's the other rule? And so number two is talking about check your starches. And that's where it gets a little tricky because when I talk about fiber in rule number one, it's only fruits and vegetables. When I refer to starches in my office, that's what we think of all those delicious bready products. So the potatoes, the rice, the breads, the pastas, um, those kind of foods. I realized I had to change the language because I get clients that come in here all the time and tell me they're on a low-carb diet. And I'm like, okay, and we go through what they eat every day, and there's tons of carbohydrates because there's carbohydrates in fruits and dairy and some vegetables. So I really wanted to determine a specific way to say what a starch is. And so that's why we don't even use the word carbohydrates because it was too confusing and really just went for starches. So check your starches. There's a time and a place for a piece of bread. Ideally, it's really good quality whole grains and no added sugars. There's a time and a place for pasta or rice or any of that. But it's the one thing that I ask people to count. So most of my clients and my readers, if they're trying to lose weight, I give them two starches per day max, one if they start to plateau. And that's because there is a time and a place for them. But if we fully eliminate them off of our plan, then we're just doing this really low starch, zero grain, gluten-free diet plan that tends to have that rebound effect. So I found that when I allowed my clients to have a good quality slice of like Ezekiel bread or brown Mm -hmm. rice or potatoes, when I allow them to have it, they're actually able to eat it in moderation instead of diving headfirst into the stale bread basket when they go out for dinner. Right. I love it. And I love the fact that you separated fiber versus starches because, and you're not even using the CHO word because, um, I, I think that's so smart. And it, it, if you really drill that into your client's mind, they get it. I think that's perfect. So the fiber, um, being part of that trifecta of being able to balance your, your blood sugar, which helps in so many different ways when you're trying to lose weight. Uh, being fruits and vegetables, and then starch is the stuff that we want to definitely keep an eye on, especially as we grow older. I have known that I do believe that we've got an age-related sort of uh, loss of insulin sensitivity, and it's one of those things that you do want to check. 
Absolutely. And, you know, when we become insensitive to insulin, it, you know, I always like liken insulin to me yelling at my children, which, you know, I'd like to say <laughs> never happens. But, yes. you know, the more I yell at them, the less they hear me. Right. And that's what happens with insulin sensitivity. When we're consuming so much sugar and so many refined carbohydrates, we no longer can hear insulin because it's constantly shouting at us. Right. It's always present because whenever you're consuming sugary foods, insulin is present. When insulin is awake and present and yelling, you're in fat storing mode. So it's a real big cycle. And the more insulin is shouting at you, the less your body responds to it. And, and that's an issue. And so it's just like when I yell at my kids all day long, they don't hear me. But when I can keep it in check and only raise my voice when I'm about to lose it, it's a whole lot better. <laughs> yeah, that, that's great. All right. So what's rule number three? So rule number three is clock your meals. So I think it's really important to be on a schedule. And I always joke that, you know, when you have a baby at home, that baby needs to be fed regularly so that all hell doesn't break loose, right? Same thing with us. I don't believe that we need to be snacking all day long, but I do think it's important to be eating approximately every four hours for a meal or a snack. It helps stabilize your blood sugar levels. It helps keep your hunger levels in check so that you don't get to the next meal, you know, and willing to eat everything in front of you. Um, it's a really great way to just stay on a schedule and just don't forget to eat as well, which happens to people. And then in addition to clock your meals of eating every four hours, there's some awesome benefits to intermittent fasting. And I think the science behind it and the science nerd in me totally loves it. Unfortunately, what I found with my clients is that it's really difficult to sustain and it often sets people up to binge. But there's a great thing called early time-restricted feeding or ETRF, where if you just leave 12 to 14 hours between your dinner and the next morning's breakfast, you can reap tons of the amazing metabolic benefits and insulin resistance benefits and so many other weight loss benefits by just doing that early time restricted feeding without setting yourself up to binge and overeat. So that's the one thing that's a little tricky about this book is I really like people trying to have dinner a little earlier so that this way it's easier to leave 12 to 14 hours between dinner and the next morning's breakfast. Yeah, you are talking my language. I I kind of have to fight in my household to get the dinner earlier because I believe that once we are done uh, and you you kind of have that built-in intermittent fasting or what you say, the early time release feeding, uh, you don't even have to really think about it because 12 hours can pass just like that then and you wake up the next morning and it's already there. You know, you can eat again and you still reap the benefits of having that sort of fast that happened. Exactly. The hardest times are while you're asleep, you know, so it works out really yeah, well exactly. this way. And again, there's none of that rebounding. So, you know, I love a 16-hour fast, but I don't always make healthy choices after that. And I see the same thing with my clients. So how do we do it while still setting yourself up for success with your next meal? And that's early time restricted feeding. I love it. The diet detox, you're, Brooke, you're, you're, you're killing it. It's, I can't wait. I, the book was sent to me and I haven't had a chance. I looked at it. It's laid out so perfectly for folks. Um, but I do think this, these are lasting suggestions that can get people off of those programs and get people into a lifestyle that can get people back to an ideal way and maintain it at the same time. That's my exact goal. Exactly. All right. Keep going. I love these. Ah, so rule number four is eat some fats. Yeah. We need fat. Fat does not make you fat. And I feel like I should scream that from the rooftops because I get so many fat phobic people in my practice or writing to me. 
fat is so important. It's important for your blood sugar. Our cell membranes are made of fat. Your brain depends on fat. We need fat in our diet. I don't think fat needs to be its own food group when we're looking at what's on our plate because if you're eating the right food, cooking foods the right way, fat automatically will happen. But I still want people to focus to make sure. So no steamed vegetables. They should be sautéed, you know, no plain, you know, um, simple chicken breast. Have the skin, have the bone in, have chicken thighs, go for the red meat when appropriate. There's plenty of ways for us to get fat. In your salad, I have so many people who are getting the fat-free salad dressings, and that kills me because fat-free, when you hear that word, it automatically means high sugar. So we need the fat in the salad dressings also to absorb all of the fat-soluble vitamins in our foods. So use the olive oil, use the coconut oil, use the grass-fed butter, use the ghee, cook for real, and enjoy it, and you're going to feel so much better with fat. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. It's so satiating and it's so good for you. And we got so fat on the fat free phases that happened in the last uh, 20 years or so. And fat does not make you fat. It's avoiding fat that can can actually do that. So what's rule number five? Rule number five is watch the sugar. I am known as the anti-sugar nutritionist. My last book was The Sugar Detox. And it was really meant for people struggling with sugar addiction, which I truly do believe is an epidemic that we're still dealing with now. Um, sugar addiction is just as strong as other addictions, and unfortunately, there's just not the rehabs that we need for it. Um, you know, when you consume sugar, it lights up the same parts of your brain as other hardcore drugs do. So, and it tells you this feels really good, and then your body starts to withdraw from it, and it says, I need more, which is why it's so addicting. I see people going into their coffee shops and getting drinks that really quantify more as a milkshake instead of coffee because they're putting so much sugar and whipped cream and mocha flavoring and this and that. So really watch the sugar. Artificial sweeteners are included. We cannot be bombarding our taste buds with these fake scents of sugars. It just throws everything off. Watch any time that you add sugar, we need to watch. I, you know, I, so I love that. And I always am talking about the cephalic phase of digestion with folks because I had to actually somebody that I had diagnosed with diabetes yesterday in my practice. And he's like, well, how do you feel about, you know, a diet soda or a diet Coke every day? And I said, well, absolutely not. And I'm going to tell you why I said, you're just because it doesn't have quote unquote, any sugar in it, your body, your brain doesn't know any different. If, if it tastes sugary, that is going to be a a, a response from your body to, you know, secrete insulin and, once there's no sugar to process, that insulin is just going to be there doing what? Absolutely nothing. Kind of, you know, hanging out and then it's going to end up with uh, on, on your abdomen as fat. And uh, you're going to be even more hungry because that, that you know, it's it's just it kind of creates that. And so that, you know, when we can smell, we you know, people think digestion starts in your mouth, right? With chewing. I think it actually can start in your eyes with seeing good, nutritious or, you know, food, but also um, uh, in your nose or on your taste buds, when you smell things that that can get all of those digestive juices and insulin pumping. And that's where those artificial sweeteners, besides the rest of the junk uh, that we've found out happens when you consume them on a regular basis, but that's where it really can mess up your diet. Absolutely. And, you know, we bombard our taste buds with them. And so we no longer are able to taste what sweetness really is like. So even the more natural products like a stevia 
well, you know, I haven't seen any science behind it to say that it, it's bad for you per se. My issue is that it's so concentrated that we lose touch with what real sugar tastes like. And that's why we need more and more and more. And so I had a client who was putting sweetener on top of his berries because he'd been using sweetener for so long, he couldn't taste that berries were actually naturally sweet. And so we can't move away from what the food actually provides us by covering it up with these artificial, you know, nonsense. And so watch the sugar. Anytime you add it, anytime something's flavored, don't worry about what the nutrition labels say. Read the ingredients. Much more important. Got it. All right. More of the diet detox. We got about six or seven more minutes. Let's get through these rules because people are going to love them and then love your book. Great. Uh, Number six, indulge intentionally. There's a time and a place for a chocolate cake or for um, uh, French fries or pizza, whatever your, you know, your choice is. I'm a sweets girl. So no one ever had to come sit on my couch or pick up one of my books because of the birthday cake they eat once a month, right? It's the sugar that they consume all day long and the poor food choices all day long. So I let everyone once a week have one part of their meal as an indulgence, whether it's dessert or the fries or the pizza, whatever it is. So there's a time and a place for it. I just want people to plan for it and make a decision about it and feel no guilt. Because when you feel guilty about the food you're eating, you're then going to make poor food choices afterwards because it's like, oh, I ate so poorly this morning. Forget it. I'm just going to get the pizza for lunch. That's not yeah, how I want people with, thinking. I want yeah. people thinking. Sort of the baby yeah, out with I, the bathwater syndrome. Exactly right. I, I had the slice of cake. It was delicious. I loved it. God, I didn't even need to finish it because I was so satisfied. Move on. Next day you start. But nothing changes. And that's you know, how and, we and let's, not, let's not pile on on the poor little Sunday because Monday's going to be this fantastical, <laughs> mystical, you know, magical day of clean eating again, 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 the again. Unicorn of clean eating. <laughs> yes, it's like, oh, Monday, here we are. Because Sunday was just like, oh, gosh. So I would say indulge intentionally, but not on Sunday, thinking that Monday's going to be your good day again. All right, what's seven? Right. Um, seven is supplement smartly. I love supplementing. I don't think we can get everything we need from our food, although that would be ideal. So in the book, I break it down of the four essential things I think people need and then some four bonus ones. So I make it as user-friendly. Even I get overwhelmed walking through the supplement aisles at a Whole Foods or a pharmacy <laughs> or a health food store. I just break it down, give some brands I really like. Some of them I co-created. Super basic. Cool. All right. And then eight? Yeah. Yeah. Get some sleep. I haunt my clients in their dreams too, but we need sleep (laughs) if we want to be healthy, right? So, and and certainly if you want to lose weight, you need sleep. Yes. You need to sleep, right? So, between your hormones, um, your attitude, everything, sleep is so important. So, I give a lot of great tips on how to get to sleep earlier, how to supplement to help you sleep well. Um, do what it takes, shut the iPads off, shut the screens off, take care of yourself, get some sleep. Yeah, people, this is sort of counterintuitive. People think like, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I, you know, if I'm up more, I can burn more calories and that will help this whole dieting process. I'm like, nope, right. not at all. <laughs> right. And make sure you pick quality over quantity, right? So if yep. you're someone who can really survive easily on six to seven hours and that's just who you are, great. But make sure it's a good six to seven hours. If you're someone who needs more like eight to nine, I envy you. (laughs) I wish I had that kind of time. Just make sure it's good quality sleep. I'd much rather it be shorter and good 
than sleeping for 10 hours, but you're restless and up all the time. All right, Brooke, we've got two minutes. So two more rules. Sure. You got it. One minute per rule. Number nine is drink (laughs) some water. It's really simple, but drink it. It's so important. Water helps everything from, you know, overeating, dehydration levels, hunger levels, even blood sugar issues. Drink water and it'll keep you energized. Yeah, I find sometimes my clients are, when when they're hungry, they're not really hungry, they're thirsty. And if you stay up on that hydration, that that can kick it off the the charts as far as decreasing that craving for a want for energy. Okay, and your last rule. (laughs) The last one is exercise. Number one rule, you got to get moving. Number two, do the best you can with trying for some sort of high-intensity interval workout. Even if you just go for walks, walk fast for a minute every other minute. Push yourself. I hate seeing people on the elliptical for 40 minutes, same day after day after day, not changing their bodies. You're going to exercise, do it right, and try to get to a a proper workout three days a week. But just move. People need to move. Even the ones who go to the gym for the hour in the morning, then they sit at their desk all day. It's not great. I want people moving throughout the day whenever possible. I love it. So Brooke Albert, I, I am so thankful for your work. L- folks, I, I want to tell you something. This is, this is, this is the book. You, you, this is all about why your diet is making you fat and going through a detox diet is going to be able to help you start eating well, not just, you know, on Monday, uh, and not just for the rest of the month, but really for the rest of your life. 10 simple rules. Consistency is the key. You can find more about Brooke on her website, www.b. It's a hyphen, right? Nutritious.com. Mm-hmm. And then where can folks find your book? My, my book, you can find it through my website, but it's on Amazon or any local bookstore. All right, folks, mind using your mind, just throw them out. The diets, the fads, the programs, save your money, 10 simple steps, diet detox, why your diet is making you fat, no more. You got this great res- resource. Brooke, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. All right, mindful listeners, until next time, take care.